Hello and welcome to The New Perspective, podcast for academics to find better job in industry. Our guest today is Lars Koste, guy who got from academia to industry and now he is a freelancer working as consultant. Let's jump right into it. Enjoy. First of all, tell me a little bit who you are. Yeah, maybe your background. Where are you now professionally? I will try to, to stick to, to the short version of my background. I started, studied biology in, in good old uh, tubing and went into virology, immunology, and um, a little bit microbiology. Um, from there, I was one year at the medical school Hanover, only to fi- find out that academia in the end is not my goal and that I want to go into life science. I came here to Mainz, visited the, the group of Professor Ugo Zahin, who became later on the founder of BioNTech. So I was one of the people who b- built up the BioNTech and the other startups. So actually there were like 10, 12 uh, startups and later on they fused uh, them all together to, to the BioNTech. In this biotech startup area, I had a lot of different uh, positions because in a, in a startup, something has to be done. Yeah, you're just doing it. And uh, nobody is uh, taking care of positions and who's called what and and so ever. I did also a lot of uh, project managing, um, team leading, preparing clinical studies, although I uh, was still in the end phase of my PhD. (laughs) So I decided after my PhD finished uh, that I uh, want to go to see many different companies. I became freelancer at the start. Now, nowadays, I would more say uh, consulting, working for, for different companies, mostly in the medtech and in the medical device um, area. So for producing companies, but also for more and more uh, retail, for example. Um, I'm also working with smaller companies, with bigger companies, with uh, sometimes also with pharma companies and it it depends a little bit on on the project i'm uh, still uh, very flexible and always looking out uh, for new new projects and new herausforderungen Uh. (laughs) challenges yeah should be right yes yes challenges yes exactly (laughs) and now you're supporting uh, medtech companies yes exactly and so you are now a freelancer. So it, it depends on the project. Sometimes it's more freelancing. Sometimes it's more consulting. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's more coaching. If, if you, for example, in an industry project and uh, when you're doing team lead or a second team lead, it's always a little bit of many different tasks. Especially with, with smaller companies, uh, very usual that you write a lot of uh, documents yourself. But nonetheless, um, you, you're guiding the team in, in this or that direction. You, you try to coach uh, managers in, in the uh, direction which you think is most beneficial. Do they respect you as you want uh, to be respected? Uh, I mean, as professional when you're working for them? Or you have kind of sort of battle against the perceptions and views? Yeah, you always have this kind of struggle uh, with old and new perspectives. 
as every freelancer and as every um, consultant know, one of the biggest challenges is to overcome the people who say we have always done it like this. <laughs> yeah, which implies they don't want to change it. <laughs> it's universal, I think. Yeah. Of course, in, uh, in academia, there are also some people who always say, we have always done the experiments like that and we won't change this. But the grade is a little bit lower, I, I would say. This can be um, a big issue, especially if a company is older, uh, employees are uh, getting older and older. Um, many problems occur then. For instance, um, yeah, in the last five years uh, before the employee will go to the retirement. So they are not too motivated um, to, to change that much. Or, for example, uh, another typical situation is um, if an old manager team um, was changed and the, um, new management came, this starts at the top. And then the change comes in, in the neck and ne next one or two years later, um, one, one level below and, and so on. This is quite typically and uh, with every Rochette, there are frictions. Sometimes you, you need to coach people to make the best out of it and uh, so to keep the project running. To, to the other point of, of your questions regarding the respect, this depends a lot on, on yourself. If you treat everybody else uh, respectfully, then a lot of the time it's given back and mirrored. Yeah, I, I know there are also a lot of freelancers who, um, they are not, not aiming for, for, for team lead positions and so on. They just want to um, stay on, on the lower, lower levels, uh, for instance. This is to totally fine for them, but so it, it's, it depends a lot on, on yourself and also you're rather fast to learn uh, to, to pick the right projects and to pick the right customers because this is also something that yeah. changes dramatically. When you want to be an, an employee, there's always this, this issue that it feels a little bit uh, like begging for the next job. When you're working as a freelancer or as a consultant, of course, you're always uh, looking out for new projects. And sometimes you also do projects where you know, okay, um, they were not, not, not the best, maybe. But at, le at least they were, <laughs> most of the time, um, the, the payment was fine. Um, you, you can go anytime if a customer does not behave uh, correctly, then you just say, okay, that's it and I will seek uh, the next project. Basically, you say goodbye. Yes, but uh, in, in a very kind um, manner. Yeah, as, as kind yeah, as yeah sure. After all, it, it's business, and the last customer can be uh, your next recommendation. That's for sure. How you started as a freelancer to gain projects? Mm, well, uh, actually, in the beginning, it came a little bit by accident. Because at that time, there was a rather big uh, pharmaceutical company from Switzerland. They were only hiring a lot of freelancers at, at that time. So I, I found a, a rather interesting position there. And they said, yeah, well, um, everything is, is uh, fine and you would be uh, a great fit. But how do you like to, be, to, to work as a freelancer? Is, is that fine for you? So I started um, do, doing my homework. Uh, looking deeper into it, and I found rather fast, actually, this is exactly the, the thing that I always wanted. 
So uh, <laughs> having a lot of different projects uh, running um, per year. So in my case, I typically have two or three projects per year, bigger ones and some smaller ones as, as side projects. And in some years you have one big project, which, which is eating all your time, but it always yeah. uh, changes. There are always challenges, which is also what I wanted. And um, I w wanted to, to travel a lot. As a freelancer, as a consultant, you do exactly that. You see a lot of yeah. companies from the inside and you see a lot of different cities. And why did, did they hire uh, freelancers? Where is the difference in this case was between freelancer and actual employee? Actually, when you are um, getting a little bit deeper, also into the uh, social systems in, in Europe, it's a huge difference. If somebody is an employee, the employer has to pay all kind of taxes and so on for the social system. If you are a freelancer or a consultant, it, it looks like uh, you may be uh, earning a little bit more compared um, to the employees, but you pay all the taxes and all the preparations for your retirement yourself. For me, this was also rather beneficial because I wanted um, to get out of, of a retirement system. Um, you, you have to get really, really old uh, to get all your money back. We're talking about Germany now. Yes, because I thought it's mandatory in Germany. So you pay 7% of your salary for your retirement plan. Well, as uh, employees don't have uh, this chance since working on, on my own, I can decide for myself if I want to mm -hmm. stay in the German retirement uh, system. Or if I say, no, uh, thank you, um, I'm out. And then I do have the, the duty to prepare my own retirement plan, basically. Ah, so you're keeping this part of salary and you decide for yourself what to do with it? Yes. Typical point would be that from the money uh, you get from your customers, roughly around 30% is best is, uh, to put it on a, a separate uh, account, banking account. This 30% is for, for the tax. It, it has to lie there for a, lo a longer time. And after a year, you, you get your uh, tax invoice. And then you know if, if you if it was fine or not. Nonetheless, from the money that is so from the seventy percent left, normally I try to take as much as possible um, to put it on the retirement plan. Uh, you you are way more flexible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the reason why I'm asking so deeply because recently I was contacted by recruiters from England because they were looking for a freelancer to consult in quality control one company but because they were concerned with my visa status they kind of pulled it back so I was just interested we got we got to talk pretty deep about they offer and what this company offering it was exactly as you said it was about 30% more in, in comparison what I would ask as my salary at, yeah, at some company. Because when they told me, I was like, wow, it's a bit too much. No, no problem with that, but it sounds a bit worrying to me. <laughs> I wasn't aware about it. Of course, I'd done the research and I find out that everything I got to pay 
completely different in comparison when you're getting your as employer this uh, salary uh, income sheet. Yeah, <laughs> income sheet. I don't know. Yeah, with all taxes and which you paid uh, as employer. When you're working as an employee, um, the employer is uh, taking care of all the stuff around you with uh, the taxes and so on. And most employees um, are never aware of it. And so if you're working on your own, of course, this is a big chance. But also, um, if you're not uh, too confident um, about this, I can understand it. Because uh, there are a lot of pe people who don't like to think about the financial aspects uh, too much. It's I think it's a mistake. Yeah, it's mistake. Yes, I yes. Yeah, from my point as, as well. But nonetheless, yeah, there are a lot of people who don't, don't want to think about these things. And so for them, it's better to stay an employee and don't look on the other side. <laughs> I would love to go about to, uh, to MedTech. First of all, yeah, you work in there. When we started our yeah, conversation on LinkedIn, I told you that I'm doing now a project management course and quality management. And I asked you about advice. Should I get some additional course in terms of getting into medtech you told me that it's good to get an auditor certification mm -hmm. and later um, on mm -hmm. now okay i will yeah, tell about my situation i'm doing now this four months course it's project management quality management and then based on our conversation i'm planning to get uh, another four months course which will be completely in quality management audit okay another question i will ask you because there are two possibilities uh, yeah two options do it in gmp or six sigma what from your point always gmp always gmp okay I'm I'm not yeah. not a big friend of uh, Six Sigma. <laughs> <laughs> Medtech doing with pharma, many things. So it GMP would mm -hmm. be nice to have. You wrote me that Medtech is thriving in Germany, and can you tell me about it and why it's important to know for job seekers, maybe freshers after university. Actually, medtech and medical device area is uh, thriving, um, actually, I think throughout the world. The thriving started several years ago in the US. And, and what was starting point? It started uh, several uh, years ago uh, with a lot of M&A, merchant acquisition. The results of this and um, more or less ended merchant acquisition process in the US as J&J, um, Johnson & Johnson. Mm -hmm. is one of the bi biggest medical device companies in the world. Okay. On the other hand, also companies like UL, which are getting big, bigger and bigger in the field, but UL is more in the laboratory. So a GLP direction. In, in the pharma, uh, everybody does know, only the, the big companies left. Um, but if you're looking at the medtech area in, in Asia and in Europe, um, you see it's totally scattered. There are still a lot of very small companies, uh, medium-sized companies. Mm -hmm. There was a little bit of merge and acquisition here and there, but not that much. And this process is now starting also due to, mm -hmm. the, to the MDR and also due to the um, higher quality plans of, of the Chinese. So and now China 
yeah, sorry to interrupt. Uh, yeah. Now China is coming with higher quality products than before. Yes, definitely. Uh, 10 years ago, you could say the FDA and the US were the uh, highest regulated uh, market in the world. And uh, Europe was below and mm. Asia really low. But nowadays, especially in, in the last four to five years, the regulations in the US lowered a, a lot. In Europe, Why? Trump in one oh. word. So the, the <laughs> former chief, I think he was the chief lobbying officer of J&J, is now the chief executive um, of the FDA. And they lobbied all this downplay. Yeah, so actually um, in the US, uh, since, since uh, Trump started, the regulations for US-based companies got lower and lower. For European and for Asian companies, the regulations... Um, they are really tricky nowadays. So a lot of European companies, either they are not no longer on the US market, some have left and some have sold everything there. And now uh, a lot of Chinese companies are also uh, leaving the US market. But nonetheless, um, medical devices are still thriving, especially in the field of medical devices. The whole quality aspect is thriving more and more. Next to it, regulation affairs um, and quality assurance. These are uh, areas there is uh, a really, really high demand for, for people, especially there's a high demand for people who studied, for example, chemistry, biology, physics, but also uh, surrounding areas, a lot of people straight out of academia are, are now pulled um, in, into this field. This is something that was visible several years ago in, in the pharma area as well. But in, in pharma, this is a little bit going down slightly. But nonetheless, um, the demand in, in pharma is also very, very high. So the whole medicinal area, the, the medicinal branch, it is going up. And so, for instance, alone in, in Germany, alone for the area of uh, freelancing and mm -hmm. consulting, I think it was 2018, there was 180,000 contracts which were not fulfilled because not enough people. Wow. And this is, this is only medical device. For pharma, the number is more or less the same. And in 2019, it was, I think, the first or the second year in a row that the, the need for uh, especially QM, QR, but also for people out of computer science in, in the medtech area was bigger as in pharma. Actually, the need is so big that more or less a lot of the people who are now getting freed in automobility and in aero. Several months later, um, they are in medical, medical devices. devices. I have one, my connection, he's in aerospace and mm -hmm. he was looking for position in aerospace and engineering. So this probably will be very good uh, option for him. Yes, and actually a lot of people from automotive and aero are hired in the area of quality assurance. So, so the scientists are more in the quality management and yeah. the engineers are more in the quality assurance. Yeah, makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Makes, yes. Well, but 180,000 jobs? Only, through, only freelancers. So for uh, fixed positions, it would even be higher. 
But there's this interesting phenomenon. If the pharma companies, um, they have really good um, optimized processes. And so, so maybe in, in a pharma company for this one project, they need uh, 20 people. But they don't start with 20 job offerings. They start, start with one. If this one job offering is not, they don't find uh, the right people to fill it. Then they say, okay, we don't have to spend money for, for, the, for, for 20. It, it would be just a waste of money. <laughs> And uh, so, so actually for, for fixed positions, uh, nobody actually does know how many positions could have been filled. Maybe. People do only know that uh, salary for the headhunters going higher and higher in, in, in some specific areas. This is kind of an indicator for the people who study something more with uh, psychology and, and so on. There, there's this in-between area of regulatory uh, affairs. So in regulatory affairs, you have to you have to be in between. Yeah, when you just tell me it's now, I'm twisted logic. We cannot find one one guy to fulfill position. We don't starting a project because we don't want to spend money. About recruiters, I totally with you. There are so many recruiters, but I must say quality of understanding of life science, natural science, I would say, is so low. I, yeah, I check in when they have LinkedIn profile, these recruiters, mostly they doing, they have master in business administration, something like this. Yeah, there are more recruiters, but I think they gone from just for quantity. Hiring someone with business administration degree would not help them to find people in natural science. They just don't have this understanding. And mm -hmm. this misconnection striking to me. Later on, it's getting a little bit easier with these um, headhunter companies where actually a lot of them going only for sheer quantity and throwing um, 100, 100 people at, at one position and maybe one, one no. sticks. I, I know there are also a lot of uh, headhunters with, with a different approach, uh, with a a high quality approach, but this comes more and more into play um, the more experience you have. Also, if you had your first uh, one or two positions, it's way easier for the headhunters to uh, to find the right scheme um, for, for you. Ah. The, the headhunters, they are not really grasping um, your, your scientific background yeah. because they can't, but it would be too time consuming. And um, actually, they are working with tools in, in the background. They uh, try to scheme everybody in one box. This is one of the very big downsides with the headhunters and also in, in the field of freelancing consulting. You are working also with in-between companies. Um, mm -hmm. you're, so I'm not interesting for the head, headhunting companies, but I'm interesting for companies like, say, Hayes, which is the, the biggest in the field. Yeah. And Hayes does burn its money with, with with normal employees, but also on the other hand with consultants. With these uh, in, in between companies, it's all can be a little bit demanding from time to time. As you said, they, they have um, a bachelor or maybe a master sometimes. Especially for for Hayes, the uh, the people are uh, a lot rotating on on the job, 
and also with um, the, the other companies. Uh, for instance, there is uh, EPM uh, Scientific. Yeah. EPM has, uh, I think, some some problems on, on the German market because the German market wants you to speak German. But sometimes when I'm um, speaking a project through with them, and this normally takes uh, 30 to 60 minutes. During that, I realized, okay, they didn't grasp the, the project and um, what is really needed in there. So then I try to explain, okay, um, listen, I'm, I'm a partially fit. Um, you are partially right due to this, this, and this point. I'm no fit. Uh, they are searching for somebody else. For instance, um, if you are a little bit more experienced in the field of quality management, you will see that they are people who are completely specialized on the field of, the field of CAPA, so mm -hmm. corrective and preventive action. And there are people out there who are uh, working only on CAPA projects for the last 10, 20 years. There are sometimes projects where exactly this person is needed. I, for myself, I'm more like an all-rounder. Um, I don't like to do CAPAs uh, for the next two years. Uh, <laughs> But there are other people for them. It's, it's totally fine. They, they like it. They love it. They, they, that is their niche. If they are calling me and we, we do have this very interesting project, um, uh, we, we are searching uh, for uh, a couple manager. He will do only couples. He will uh, need five years of experience at least. This is part of the overall uh, QM system. But you are still at the wrong guy. For them, they many many times they don't get get the difference, but for the customer it make it makes a huge difference. And uh, so, sometimes the customers are a little bit more flexible. Most of the time, yeah, the, the customers actually are not. Uh, when you see that, that the description is very specific, then you know um, they want exactly that type. Then it would be a waste of time to um, go deeper into the process. Okay, I want to yeah, end with your last message, actually, when I asked mm -hmm. you about auditor position, because you told me that auditor can find a good job at notified bodies, which mm -hmm. are yeah, paid by government, essentially, as far as I mm, understand. Um, okay, de de yeah, decronat, okay, yeah. And so, in private sector. So can you tell me about yeah, mm -hmm. difference and benefits getting in private or in government and your thoughts on that? Um, so getting in government, so like a Bundesamt für something, it is really, really tough when you're coming from abroad. So I would not recommend that. For notified bodies, uh, so for the explanation of the notified bodies, something in between the regulatory uh, uh, authorities and the companies. The job of a notified body is to control the companies, the regulatory authorities, the notified bodies getting paid. Well, a lot of uh, the money comes actually from, um, from the producers. Uh, so from the people who get audited, they have to pay to get audited. But this area changes a lot due to the medical device regulation. Um, in, in the past, the notified bodies were able to consult and to audit at the same time. In the future, um, this is no longer possible. So uh, for the future, the notified bodies, they have one company which is doing the auditing and they have the other company which is doing um, schooling and uh, consulting.
uh, if you're looking at TÜV Süd, you have TÜV Süd audits and you have TÜV Süd Academy, uh, for instance, TÜV Süd uh, Consulting. So if, if you're going in the field of uh, auditing and um, as an auditor, your job is to, to control um, the companies, yeah. to look deep into the QM system and um, to find the flaws, basically. So basically, there are, yeah, sorry to interrupt, this medical regulation sure. new coming in, oh, it's already in power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I am auditor, if I got to check all med tech companies in my mm -hmm. area, do they follow these rules? And if they don't, then suggest them how to improve the this quality management or... So improving means consulting. This is on, on ah, the other okay. side. If you start working as for one of the notified bodies, so you learn the, the basics uh, for, for auditing, of course. For, at some, you can choose if you want more consulting or if you prefer the auditing. In the consulting, you will get um, a certain amount of customer companies. You will be their counselor. And if you an auditor, then you will control roughly, I would guess, 80 to 120 companies uh, per year. So you will be traveling a lot. If you're good at it, you will be also traveling internationally. Uh, but inside the EU? You, you, have, you have your field of expertise. There's a catalog of uh, certain numbers and so on. And later on, you, when you're getting... Uh, to the grade of a senior auditor, uh, you will have uh, a certain number of uh, areas you are specialized in. In this area, the notified bodies, the bigger ones at least, uh, will send you um, around the globe. So around I, the I globe, know, wow. Yeah, so I, I do know a, a guy, he's doing only uh, big audits and nowadays. Of course, um, the big audits, they take a li little bit longer. So you won't control 120 companies. So he's more like uh, controlling 10, 12 companies per year, but sometimes three or four um, production sites for one company. <laughs> and actually in, in the past, he was writing uh, reports in, in, in the plane. And nowadays, uh, most uh, companies have this uh, process uh, more digitalized. I think TÜV Süd was one of the first, uh, but also BSI. They do have uh, departments. The whole job is audit writing, uh, audit report oh. writing. It's a kind of specialized medical writing. Me medical writing is also a, a field that is, where demand is um, still rising. But actually, medical writing is not a, f a field I would recommend that highly unless you are really fluent in, in German or maybe Spanish or Portuguese. Because medical writing, you're speaking only English. Then you're competing with all the guys from Upwork and Fever, basically sitting in India and in, and in the Philippines. They do projects, don't ask at, at what price they are doing. You wrote as well that the best way to get in audit at first to gain some experience at notified body and then Maybe. Uh, transition to medtech company or to do internal audit? Yes, um, this is one possible way. So right now, the de demand of the notified bodies is uh, rather high. In, in the past, they hired people only with two to five years experience, QM uh, or regulatory affairs. 
Right now, the demand from uh, many of them is still that high that they take people right um, from not 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 as uh, direct from the academia as far as I know, but if you had some schooling in between, like the QM courses or, or something, then you are um, interesting for them. Working as an auditor is uh, it is also a little bit like uh, working as a freelancer or as a consultant. Uh, you see a lot of companies from from the inside. Of course, <laughs> uh, you, you see the good and, and the bad. And um, but uh, after several years, you can decide for yourself. Okay, wh which company would I like to work for? You can decide if you want to stay in auditor. You can choose if you want to stay with a notified body, or you can become self-employed auditor. And there are also a lot of them um, uh, outside. Then you're at, at that point where you can choose, basically. And this is the sweet spot where you always want to be. Um, yeah. So that uh, the, uh, the companies come to you and ask you, hey, what would you like to work for? For some people, two or three, or maybe five years of working as a freelancer, consultant, auditor is, is enough. And then they say, okay, let's see. Ask my contacts in, in the field um, if I stay still uh, searching somebody. And actually, the field is, is still nonetheless smaller than you think when you're going to, to the fairs and so on. Most of the time you hear um, the same names, you see a lot of people again and again. Uh, this is also one thing to, to keep in mind. Always uh, treat uh, your customers or maybe uh, the company you're auditing with respect and, and treat them uh, well, because you're getting a name, if you like it or not. Yeah, yeah. personal brand, yeah. Yes, exactly. That, yeah, that, that is good, great information. Because I had no idea about it, and now I am very interested, say at least. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if, if you are interested in, in, in uh, it, and if you are having a background in uh, natural science, life science, and, and so on, you can start to, to look uh, deeper which notified body is uh, controlling medical devices that I have brought to the market. Many medical device companies are a little bit specialized, especially the smaller ones can be highly specialized. And some of them are only doing um, software. Uh, so medicinal software is a big issue right now, a big theme. If you have a, um, a background in, in this area, for, for instance, I'm sure you, you can find a notified body uh, which is doing audits exactly in, in this direction if you want to stay uh, specialized. No. Yeah, that, that is yeah, that is actually a great strategy because many people just talking like yeah, do this, do that without exactly explaining where to go and what to do. Yeah, exactly. That breaking down to steps. You yeah, tell now so clearly what to do mm -hmm. and which steps to take for people who are new in yeah this field. For me, like medtech, mm -hmm. this is a huge thing. You have no idea where to go. Like it's basically mm -hmm. like a field, and yeah. where I wanna be, I don't know. But now I want. So that is yeah, yeah. really nice conversation with you, Lars. I, I think I would invite you again because <laughs> <laughs> would be my pleasure. And uh, sooner or later, 
and you will be a, a junior quality manager or junior junior auditor um, for your suite. Well, we will see. <laughs> yeah, we will see. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah.